the saddest thing I've noticed is that death has to be that. And the death of someone you know has to continue being that eye-opener. My kid may not be in a war, but he's exposed to gang violence. His dad is never home. But this big homie is like a father figure to have 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 a Let's get this thing rolling, man. We got a lot to talk about today. Yes, Mashallah. sir. Mashallah. So first of all, let's just start on, man. How you been? I've been good, alhamdulillah. Just working and trying to fix myself daily, you know? Mm-hmm. Control what I can control today. Mashallah. Not stress about yesterday or tomorrow. Mashallah, Mashallah. man. You are first special mm-hmm. guest, bro. It's a it's blessing, honor, man. Bro. I've been waiting a long time. Alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. Excited a lot. It's about to be an interesting topic. I feel topic. like there's so many things, bro, that are relevant to the community very that true. we need to address. You know, very true. Brothers, very true. You know, young brothers like us that we can uh, touch on that can hopefully influence those around us. Mm-hmm. We have a lot to shed light on. Yeah, some insight. Very so, true. Okay. Uh, Abdi, you want to go ahead and introduce the uh, topic or the question? Well, mainly the topic is youth today and how we have a lot of youth that are lost due to streets, whether it's streets or drugs, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just a lot of things to talk about. So, so let's, let's start off over here, bro. So how was it growing up in the South then? For me growing up in the South, it was real, it was real good, If but you have to find a way to separate the household and outside of the household, you know? Mm-hmm. Like in the household, alhamdulillah, things were good. Hard working dad, you know? The dean was really brought up in my house a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Went to Duxie. But then, you know, fasted at a young age. We've seen, I grew up around the religion a lot. Mm-hmm. But the real test is when you hit a certain age, like 12, 13, go to middle school where you're not at home as much as you used to when you were younger. Mm-hmm. You start having friends who are non-Muslim. You start really having friends, friends where you hang out outside of the house, you know? Mm-hmm. Growing up, your closest friends are your siblings. There's a certain age, 13, 14, where they're not, you know, and that has an effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that thing, that's, as, even as a parent, like if I was to be a parent, that would be my biggest fear, would be that time when your kid isn't so much of a kid no more. And they mm-hmm. got to... Now is where your everything you taught them is getting put to the test, you know. So for me, pretty smooth. Later on, we'll go in deeper and how things changed and altered. But growing up, pretty smooth. So you saying like time away from the house, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like how they cultivated the deen and alhamdulillah and all those values. Mm-hmm. But once you separate yourself and you're in the outside external environment, the influences, the other influences, mm-hmm. so it's kind of overwhelming True. to one's values. Okay. Um, were there anything specifically to that environment that was only in that area, right? That influenced you or influenced those around you um, negatively, whereas another environment wouldn't have? Two environments I want to speak on. Okay. Growing up, I went to Duxie. That's one environment that's outside of the house. Let's mm-hmm. take the house out. There's right. two environments that you really have is Duxie and school. Mm. Okay. And let's speak about middle school around that time where you're more likely to see things that out of the norm. Mm-hmm. Duxie is Duxie. You see a lot of the Dean, you see people of your culture and there's not so much that can go wrong over there. You'll see little things like when I grew up, I seen people, that's why I started seeing people still or like, you know, you wasn't really shocked about it, but 
you've seen it or you see people fighting and stuff, but that's one environment and you had your expectations for that environment weren't too high. Mm-hmm. You gotcha. go to school, it would be a bigger test. That's five days of the week. For someone like me, I went to school five days of the week, Duke's only two days. So you already know which would have the bigger effect on me, right? Mm-hmm. So when you go over to somewhere like school, more non-Muslims, more food choices, mm-hmm. you know, you can get away with a lot of things and the opposite gender. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's where, am I right or wrong? Yeah, that's where yeah, you yeah. first were introduced to it, you know? Because exactly. me, I, and I, yeah. go, go ahead, ahead, go ahead, my bad. Bro, one thing, it. your question was, was the effect that you seen it had on certain people? Some people I've seen at that age, I've seen a lot of girls start changing how they dress. Mm. Not, you don't, you won't see that problem at Duke. you're, that's where they get taught how to continue dressing the way they're supposed to mm. in the house at Duke. When you go somewhere like school, you, they have friends who not, you know, not covered. So they'll start off taking things off one by one. And the boys will start dressing a certain way. We start talking. That's where we start learning slang. Some kids were, no, they were on top of it. Mm-hmm. You can see that they come from great, you know, you know that when they go back home, it's, you know, it's pressured on them even more to, to hold on to their faith. Mm-hmm. That age for a lot, a lot of people is easily to get pressured. I've seen people start doing drugs, start getting in the fight, start speaking different ways, start listening to music more, mm-hmm. and no one praying no more and stuff like that, that you wouldn't really see at Duxie. You didn't see all that, you know, exactly. mm-hmm. but that's the age. That's the time. That's the environment I've seen where kids started steer in different directions mm. like with me i kind of agree with them but then like i never really seen the duxie side you know mm-hmm. so i never really got to experience that oh let me see that religion side like nope i from the get-go like i went to middle school elementary school just that i've always seen it even like people who weren't my family but would always be around my family that weren't Somali, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And they weren't uh, Muslim. I would see it in them, like the cussing, the the drugs and all that stuff. I've, I've always seen it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I just never was like, oh, I don't know what it is. I never, you know what I'm saying? That was never me. I was like, what are they doing? I was always that curious kid, you know? I was like, hmm, what is this? And then as soon as I got older, I was like, oh, yeah, this is not my environment. Yeah. Now that I got a question for you. Now that you're older mm-hmm. and steered your way back into the dean yeah oh, you learned on your own what you had to learn on your own yeah. you know until this point yeah do you feel like you were safer that you didn't really grow up with it because i know a lot of people who grew up with it it gave them something to like go against or mm. you know mm. something to rebel against or not listen to grow imagine That's a very yeah. very powerful question yeah, yeah. so honestly I would say, like, do I feel safer now that I am, like, into my religion? Yeah, that you... Yeah, but, like, it's like, is it uh, is it possible, right, mm-hmm. having not grown up with the faith yeah. as strong as other people have, right? Yeah. And having not had that foundation in the first place, mm-hmm. you, with the external environment not being, you know, an environment that's practicing, mm-hmm. it didn't give you something to maybe, like he said, like, turn against or rebel against, right? Yeah. You didn't even know what it was. Yeah. Right? And later on, you discover the dean, and you say, oh, this is the dean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, I love this, right? Mm-hmm. But later on, these kids, or maybe some, I don't know, maybe we can explore this more, is yeah. mm-hmm. how they were shown the dean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, but for me, ahead. I would say I was thankful. Like, so this may sound bad, you know what I'm saying? Although, like, I never grew up in a religion, I got to learn on my own that, drugs and like doing all this stuff was bad from the beginning mm-hmm. you know you what i'm saying right from wrong. like like th- that one was the one that taught me yo like i've seen people like not like literally like 
OD in front of me. Like I was like, yo, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like the people just, just don't even know themselves to the point where they just can't live without it. The uh, first thing they wake up is that. That's what they think of. Yeah. The last thing on their mind, that's what they think of. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I've seen that. And to the point where that scared me and I was like, yo, I ain't never going to do this. You know what mm. I'm saying? Yeah. I ain't going to get near it. You know what I'm saying? And also thank God that I had parents that were like, mm, stay away. If you do that, I'm, I'm a whoopie behind. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That was, that's the parents I had. So I would say yes and no. But at the same time, once I learned my religion, I already knew already in my head, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I ain't supposed to be doing this regardless. So you knew right from wrong. Yeah. And then the you the, the dean was introduced to you at a time when you were way more mature. Yeah. Since you already knew right from wrong, and then you got introduced to the dean, it just it was a beautiful combination. Yeah, like, 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 like you, know how you said earlier, I caught you saying uh, like the way people were taught the dean. Everyone was mm-hmm. taught different. If we, if you had it at a young age, you were taught completely different from your homie or someone else you know. Yeah. For example. I was taught in a good way, but I know other people who feel like they were taught in a way like where everything was haram, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's how they grew up into it. Yeah. You didn't have to go through those phases like, whoa, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't. Mm-hmm. Do you just knew what right from wrong yeah. was in this reality. Yeah. And not with the dean, just in general, yeah. right from wrong. Yeah. And then the dean just interpreted perfectly with that. Mm-hmm. Some people, they grew up on the, right, this is bad, this is bad, and this, but that's all the things they look up to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what the environment is yeah. kind of pushing. Yeah. SubhanAllah, you know, if I was to ask myself that question, I would say yes. To be honest with you, yes. The fact that I didn't have a really strong environment that was very practicing mm-hmm. around the dean. Um, and while I saw others around me who saw Mali Muslim youth out here, what I ended up observing was the fact that they kind of resented their faith. They resented their fathers. They resented True. their family. And it, and why was that? It's because how they were introduced at, in their, their dean. Right? Yeah. It makes you wonder, like, how was he taught the dean, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't feel it. It makes you wonder. Mm. So let me, I'm going to let you speak, but yeah, it kind of makes you feel like, like, okay, I dodged the bullet. Let's like let's say if it was in your childhood, what if I was taught the way he was taught? Yeah. And I never got to where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, you know? Mm-mm, I don't want to be a part of this. I'm going to go against this, you know? Mm. Let's say hey, everyone wishes they were brought up with the dean. Uh, you know, that, that's a beautiful thing like, in yeah. your household. Of course. But we've seen it go wrong so many times, like the way certain people were taught. Mm. So for someone like you guys, you guys could have, you don't know how you would have been taught since it never happened, right? Mm-hmm. At that young age. Mm-hmm. You don't know how you would have been taught. If it was one of those ways, you would have never been where you were, where you're at today. So just, that's the khadr of Allah. You said, yeah. alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like me, I'm like, I was taught so perfect, but I've seen times in my life where I went left, like, whoa, someone mm-hmm. who knew all this, who was taught a real decent way. Mm-hmm. I was never supposed to be like how I was at times in life. Mm-hmm. I, for me too, I said, alhamdulillah, for how far I came. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, I also agree with what he's saying. Cause I've seen, like, I've even heard stories of like people say, what's it called? Um, people say, yo, like when the, I, I, let me explain this. Like the, I hear stories that they went to Tahfid and they passed the Quran. They've read all this stuff. They're mashallah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But when I look at him now, I'm like, how was he like, I'm confused. You know, I was, I was confused. I'm like, how is that going to work out for that? You know what I'm saying? You know, so like, or how'd he end up like yeah, this? How'd he end up like that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you went from a kid and then, I remember someone was telling me a story like this father had his son, you know what I'm saying? And he went to Tahfid. It's like a school where you go Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And what's it called? 
his like he couldn't go outside and play. Like he got a front row every time, nothing else. What you sitting down doing this, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And then imagine just that much controlling. Although it's good for the kid to learn the religion, but at the same time, should you allow him to be a kid at the mm. end of the day? Like another topic we were planning on going into was how parents, their role in this, right? I feel like there's two levels to it. Like how you said, there's there's extreme being too strict where it can lead to them growing up and being the complete opposite of what you wanted them to be like. Mm-hmm. Or no parent at all, like no involvement at all. And the kid not learning nothing and maybe growing up to being bad or good. That's like a gamble within itself. Mm-hmm. And this strict part can go completely wrong. So I feel like there should be a balance. Mm. You guys, you understand what I mean by that? It exactly. should be right in the middle of moderation. Like there should be some type of balance. Mm-hmm. Teach them their dean. Perfect as best as you can. Always interpret, you know, but make it comfortable to them. Make it fun to them. Make it, you know, make mm-hmm. them love the D, make them love their creator. SubhanAllah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I, just like what you guys said, like cultivating the love of the faith in those children at a young age. Mm-hmm. Just to add on top of that, SubhanAllah, what I do see, right, is like we said earlier, like a lot of children resenting their faith. Mm-hmm. Right? Even though they're brought up on in households that you think are mashallah, tabarakallah. I think one crucial uh, role of the parents is to lead by example. You know what I'm saying? Like if you want the kids to value salah, value salah. If you want the kids to value Quran, mm-hmm. value the Quran, not just force the Quran down their throat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But you know, force it. or you know, or you know, but it's like, okay, I see my dad right here. Every fudge, he's out here sitting reading Quran right here. And I see him like enjoying himself. He's smiling. He he subhanAllah, he's content. He's always tranquil. Mm. Then that kid grows up, you know, he grows up a lot. Everyone has their own journey, but that kid grows up. He says, you know, this environment around me, a lot of people are confused. A lot yeah. of people, subhanAllah, they're suffering, mm-hmm. right? There's so much confusion. There's so much delusion. Yeah. But my dad has something that I rarely find. What is that? It's that connection or that tranquility, tranquility yes. they find with Allah. Mm-hmm. And you see, and it's by leading by example. And I think just talking, that's not teaching. Yeah. I think teaching is embodying it. Right. Showing it, presenting it mm-hmm. in a way that is presentable. You don't kick a package and then say, "Here you go." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think, unfortunately, that's what happens to a lot of people. And now we have a whole lot of youth that are are now they're saying, "Okay, like you know, now they have to connect." Yeah, because they weren't shown how to at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I feel I see a lot of kids like basically who were raised in this the like not properly, not the right way, who are now picking themselves back up. From the holding on tight to that little bit of faith mm-hmm. that you know from what they learned growing up. Yeah. Mm. I feel like I was one of those people, but I was I was taught perfectly. Mm. I feel like I always held on to that little bit of faith. You know, that guilt that you feel in the back of your head mm-hmm. when you're doing something wrong? Yeah. I always said that was that that the way I was raised. Mm-hmm. It was in my head at all times. Cause I was raised this way. I went to Duke City from like first grade to eighth grade. So I learned a lot, heard a lot. So even when because there's a time. I feel like parents should know this. Any parents listening, there's a time where your kid will kind of rebel against you, rebel against something, wants to take control of his life, good or bad. He's going to want to do something. Mm. That time is the most vulnerable moment. When I was in that time, that's where the way you were raised comes in a lot. That's that time in your life, that 18, 19, 20 year old, when you feel like you're a man, when you're really not yet, but you feel like you are, mm-hmm. the way you were raised, is that's that's the time it gets put to the test. That's when you got to mm-hmm. hold on to it tight. That's mm-hmm. where some people let go. That's where a lot of people hold on tight. Alhamdulillah, I held on tight. 
mm-hmm. even when I was doing the worst things I can possibly imagine. Yeah. That that way I was taught the being and everything I was taught since a young age. I always see everything I see my father and my mom do. That's when it was like in front of my eyes every time I was doing something bad. Mm. It's like, you're not really doing the right thing. Cause this is, you're doing things that you never did. If your life was 18 years and this is the first year you're doing all these bad things, you weren't, there's 17 other years when you weren't doing that. So you, mm-hmm. s- you know, you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. This is something off coming home late. Well, you had a curfew two years ago, you were just in school and now you graduated and you got to be, you can come home whenever you want, driving mm. the car, stuff you never used to do. So. Alhamdulillah, I seen it in front of my eyes. Like, I'm not doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. That guilt. But mm-hmm. that comes from how you were raised. If mm-hmm. I think parents should like ease off at a time and put faith in how they raise their children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they're extremely strict and like. It's like you put too much mm-hmm. tension. Mm-hmm. And then you're doing that at 18, 19 years old. That kind of shows that she didn't really raise them the right way. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like this over that trust. No, uh, you're it's not like yeah. overcompensating yourself, right yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I'm I'm uh, I don't want to ask, right? For for us, because Subhanallah, I think Liban expanded on the on the position about growing up from Mashallah household that was established with the Dean, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, let's explore the well, the concept that we were talking about earlier. Not growing up in a house maybe that was real established, right? Very strong. Um, I feel like for me, what ended up happening was I had to take a step back, right? Because I was living in places like California, places like Piala, right? Mm-hmm. And the environment around me, mm-hmm. I didn't see much Muslims, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I knew even at a young age that Islam provided something that no other religion provided, yeah. right? You know, everyone says, oh, every religion believes they're the right one. Yeah. Everybody mm-hmm. says that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that innate sense, right? Not only that innate sense, but after doing research, that Islam has something that no other faith had. This mm-hmm. consistency, right? So when I found like, okay, all these other, I was in this environment that was so confusing and, I, you know, discontent, you know, like subhanAllah, teenagers are a bad time because you get, the guys don't like to talk about it, but these, like subhanAllah, you hit puberty. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of confusion, like emotional yeah. type yes. stuff going on, right? And also things around you, you experience new stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I was in a dark place too, subhanAllah. I remember my eighth grade, ninth grade, I was in a dark space. And my friends around me, not one Muslim friend. Keep it a buck with you. Not yeah. one Muslim friend. Irvine, California. Mm-hmm. Not one Muslim friend. You know what I'm saying? So I had to take a step back, right? And I didn't really connect with those with those people I was hanging out with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to take a step back and be like, and Alhamdulillah, once I moved back to Seattle, yeah. Alhamdulillah, mm-hmm. with my pops. And, and I remember that first Ramadan back, pr- praying uh, Salat at Abu Bakr Masjid. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I remember that what. Iman tasted like mm-hmm. and I was like I don't ever like- want to lose this you know what I'm yeah. that's what I was mm-hmm. like so then I reconnected with not like the the oh you got to do this you got to do that you got to do this but I I connected with for one the feeling of why I need to do this mm-hmm. like the why is is fundamental and I feel like now we don't have the why we just have the do yes the kids have the do mm-hmm. you know just do 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 this and you will get this it's like a you know you don't teach you're not supposed to teach it like as, as if you're making wishes, you know? Yeah. Do this and you'll, you know? It's mm-hmm. different. Like how you said, every religion takes their right. Mm-hmm. A bunch of religions is like do, 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 do. Like as if it was a wish or talking to a genie or something, you know? Mm-hmm. What separates us is where it's not do, do, do. It's find a why, have a purpose, and mm-hmm. you will receive, you know? Mm-hmm. Not just get and, you know, this, yeah. this is going to happen. No, you will receive this. You will be rewarded this. Mm-hmm. You, you see how it just sounds more pure and better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the way it should be taught to people. I feel it. I yeah. understand. Like 
come uh with your question um like me honestly like from coming from Beaumont Texas Beaumont no like religion n- never there I have like to the point you were there how long were you until I was nine <laughs> you know what I'm saying I was a kid that'd get up morning I'd be outside probably riding horses or something I'd just do something <laughs> that a Somali person really wouldn't do. <laughs> like you ain't never heard a Somali guy wake up in the morning, go chase cows or just yeah. go play with horses. Like that was literally the life I lived mm. until I moved to Seattle. Now Seattle was different because I lived in the central district. I never left it. My parent, my dad and my mom was strictly like, you can go outside, but no further than the CD. Mm-hmm. Like you can't go nowhere else. So I would, I was always around the city, nowhere else. You will see me at the Garfield Teen Life Center. I'd hoop there or I'll just go to the park or just go to my friend's house. You know what I'm saying? But in those moments, I have seen Muslim people, but they've I, like, I, I wouldn't say they never attracted to like be close friends. Mm-hmm. I would be, it was one of those, Hey, what's up? How you doing? Great. You know what I'm saying? That's it. Mm-hmm. Like I remember my sophomore year, um, this girl invited me to go to MSA. The Muslim Student Association. Muslim, uh, uh, Muslim Student Association. I went there and the guy was talking about the Prophet I promise you, when I tell you this, I have never heard of that story. And I was so confused. I'm like, so what is this? And what, like, I never knew nothing. Mm-hmm. I knew the name. I knew that you're supposed to say something. I knew that. I just never knew who he was and mm. what he meant to the religion. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that's how lo- lost I was. Mm. Until to the point where I came to Marinier. And then I remember senior year, um, I don't know, we had a football game that day. And I don't know who it was, but and you're like, yo, I'd be coming with me. I said, where? Went to Friday prayer. I was listening to the khutbah. And like you said, that feeling. That, that feeling, feeling that mad. I had was like, yo, I'm calm. Mm. I ain't worried about nothing. Nothing matters to me right now besides mm-hmm. this moment. And I was like. And you never feel like that besides that. That. And I was like, what it was is like this? like a different kind yeah, of well, rush. lie is different. You know what I mean? It was like, like I felt like, I'll, like everything zoned out to the mm. point where it's like nothing matters to me at all besides mm. the moment I'm in right now. Mm. And just praying. You know what I'm saying? And I was like. What is my what what is my purpose? Because I I never want I I don't want to lose this feeling. Mm. This feeling was like I can't lose it. You know what I'm saying? And mm. that's when I like slowly started learning more and more, started practicing. And then there was times where we were at Dallas. You no, know, like six months later, I believe, or a year later, we were at Dallas. And what's it called? When we were at Dallas, we were praying, and I just started crying. Mm-hmm. Like just crying. And it wasn't just like that emotional crying. It was just like, I'm happy. Like this is where I want to be. This is where I feel home. Mm. You know what I mean? So I feel like that's where I found my purpose of now I understand why I am Muslim and to be proud to be a Muslim. Mm. You know what I mean? You know what I like about these stories? It feels like Islam came and creeped up into your life so fresh. You yeah, know? like so fresh. You said you were went to a Friday pair and it just hit you. Yeah, mm. and like going back to what we were saying earlier, that feeling, the way it was introduced to you, and that feelings, those feelings you had, mm. to me is like that's so that's so beautiful. 
And sometimes I know, I wonder if I have a question for you, you guys ever feel like I wish that I would, I was raised on this more instead of feeling this at such an older age. Cause me, the way it's sounding, I'm, my answer would be Alhamdulillah first, mm-hmm. but I like the way it was introduced to me. And then like, I would have a fear of if, if mm-hmm. it was like for me growing up on it and seeing a lot of people who grew up on the religion, mm-hmm. you don't hear stories like that. Like where I went into a masjid for the first time at this age and you know, it hit me. It's such, it's like, Compare two stories of I played basketball all my life and grew into it, seeing people playing all my life. Mm-hmm. And those NBA players who came from a different country who never played basketball, like yeah. Joel Embiid or someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 18 years old, came to America, played basketball for the first time. He fell in love with it. But the guy who'd been playing all his life and me seeing it, who would appreciate it more? Him, mm-hmm. That guy, that one who was just introduced to it, you know? Yeah. It reminds mm-hmm. me of a story like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, that sounds more beautiful. That, that you know mm-hmm. that's that's beautiful i feel mm-hmm. like subhanallah um believing in like a divine wisdom of allah subhanahu mm-hmm. wa ta'ala like the believing like there is a divine wisdom to why we are introduced to something at a specific time mm-hmm. maybe this person could not have handled being introduced at a certain time right mm-hmm. so it's like this person would appreciate it this time and this person needs it sooner than you know and yeah. it's like believing in the wisdom of allah yeah you know what i'm saying like that like some of people would ask like like i wish you know what i'm saying but it's like saying, okay, you know what? Alhamdulillah, because that maybe I got something from this that this person mm-hmm. didn't get, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like exactly. acknowledging that. And also want to add on this, like, because you say that if we, if we want to be honest, I feel like one of my things was when I see people around me who are like hafiz, like mm-hmm. mashallah, they memorize the whole entire Quran, some people 15 Jews, 8 Jews, and I'm looking at them and I'm starstruck. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, are you serious? SubhanAllah, yeah. you mm-hmm. have this with you? And then I'm like, why? How'd you get that? Because my father prioritized Quran in my life. Mm-hmm. I was raised upon this. He, he, mashallah, he taught me this. And it's like, I'm looking at them. I'm like, and then I go, subhanAllah. I would, like, I've, I, right now I'm trying to get to that level, you know, later on. So it's like all of us, we all have our deficiency and we all have what, we all have that thought of what could have been. Yes. Right? But it's saying like, okay, this is what I'm working with. Now, what now? You know what I'm saying? And trusting that we can make the best out of our situation and make it, you know, the best that we could. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's so, story is going to be different at the end of the day. Yeah, Everyone's it's true. Story. There's probably someone who shares a story like you guys, but still has it. Who's born Muslim, but still hasn't had that moment where he walked into a masjid for the first, you know, his first Friday pair. These stories you guys have told me, these beautiful stories, mashallah. Mm-hmm. There's probably, there's a kid who was, Around that age right now, probably 15, 16, living in Irvine, California, mm. Texas, in Seattle. Who knows? Some people don't That's get true. this till and 40, just, 50, yes. 60. Yeah. Like a question that you asked me was like, would I change it? Would I want it for myself at a young mm-hmm. age? And I'm going to be honest with you. I wouldn't right there. Because I know the environment that I lived in, I wouldn't have sustained yeah. it. I wouldn't have continued following it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where if I, I were to choose. Oh, man. No, like if, if you, you could fully choose, control it, then anybody would yeah, say if born you, yeah, stay yeah, on. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Everybody go, yeah. But like me, the environment that I was raised in, mm-hmm. seeing like mm-hmm. even like right now, like I like if you ask me how many Somali cousins do I know? Not a lot. Yeah. And also growing and also knowing that you can change it and be in the same environment and have the same risk as some people who you see today who were born in it and yeah. were taught the wrong way or taught the right way and just completely went left 
See mm-hmm. that, that I feel like yeah. that would be my fear. You, know you can fully control it, but you know how you yeah. said. But you know, subhanallah, <laughs> you know, what you, know what you said you though, like because mm-hmm. we're getting so much, we're getting into depth on this yeah. specific t- subject. But you know, when you said like you had in the back of your mind these values yeah. that kind of it was like a, a rope. It's you a had rope. that rope. Mm-hmm. Now, how about someone that he had the or most or like like let's say me and Abdul, Alhamdulillah, we were born in Muslim families. So yeah. let's not yeah. act like we were born in Muslim yeah. families. Yeah. But like let's say someone who was maybe even well, less off than us, right? Who completely didn't have their parents established the deen at all. Mm-hmm. This person didn't even have a rope tethered in the first place. So this person has a risk of just completely Going without ghost. even knowing up from down. Yeah. Right from left. Mm-hmm. So uh Alhamdulillah for our situation first of all. Mm-hmm. Now let's try to break down the our our, our demographic, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like this is that we can kind of like pivot from let's here. Let's get out of our shoes for a second. Yeah. And look at our brothers and sisters uh-huh. around us, right? Our environment. Mm-hmm. Uh subhanAllah, we have brothers who are losing their life. Yeah. We we see in the subhanAllah and our hearts are breaking because these are brothers that are these are our brothers. Mm-hmm. And the subhanAllah is heartbreaking. And I I personally don't know what to make of it. I personally don't know. But we talked about our experiences. Mm-hmm. Now let's go into putting ourselves and acknowledging those around us. All right. And when it comes to that topic, like you said, we see brothers, sisters losing their lives to drugs, alcohol, guns, violence, mm-hmm. you know? And speaking on that topic, I personally buried a lot of my friends due to things like violence and drugs and whatever. There's a lot of bad avenues in life, you know? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to that, I want to connect it to a dean level also, you know? I feel like there's one thing I had a problem with is there's so much other ways where we can, that can help us get eye openers into f- fixing our iman, strengthening our iman and becoming mm-hmm. better Muslims. There's other yeah. things that can be other eye openers. And I feel like in, in my life, the saddest thing I've noticed is that death has to be that. And the death of someone you know has to continue being that eye opener. Well, we can take back and control that, you know? Mm-hmm. We can we can put an end to that being our eye opener. Let's, we can't change what's written, but we can mm-hmm. change the, the stereotypes, the trend. Yeah. What's the trend nowadays? Forget about Dean. We'll mm-hmm. come back to that in life. That's how I see a lot of people think. Mm-hmm. We'll come back to that later in life. Yeah. We'll mm-hmm. fix that up. We... We don't look up to the prophets no more and mm-hmm. companions of the prophets. Are they so yes. We moved away from that and say, we'll get to that one day mm-hmm. or during Ramadan or, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. right now I look up to the rappers and the athletes and the other game bangers and non-Muslims. Yeah. It's like we moved from good and look up to the good and the non-Muslim society. Mm-hmm. That's how they, they say that's the good, right? The celebrities, they made it out the hood and they, we look and we look at it. And we, we look glorify. up to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what we glorify. Yeah. If we don't, if we get away from that, then death of our friends due to that lifestyle mm-hmm. can stop being our eye opener and to fix the strength in our iman and becoming better Muslims. Mm-hmm. If we stop looking up to that, then people won't die from those things. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll die from people. We can't control how people die. Yeah. But exactly. that will lessen that True. trend a lot. Cause I lost a lot of people to guns and violence mm-hmm. and where, how we, where did the, the introduction of guns and violence and drugs and violence come from was the non-Muslims that we, that peer pressure around us that we just fell deep into that, mm-hmm. you know, that deep mm-hmm. side in the pool, we just jumped in and can't swim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's know? real right there, bro. Mm-hmm. That's real. And I want to add on top of that, like 
Subhanallah, how we glorify the lifestyle of these non-Muslims or, or people who are living uh, a lifestyle that, that should not be condoned in Islam, right? Yeah. And what's unfortunate is we look at Islam as if it's these restraints and we say, I'm going to tether myself back later. I'm going to chain myself. That's what they say. Like, I'm about to chain myself to this faith later. But rather, we have to acknowledge that this stuff is the chain. And rather, yeah. it is Islam that liberates you. Mm -hmm. And people want to talk about, oh, I feel like I'm, you know, it's the haram, haram, haram. They think of these things as restrictions. Mm -hmm. But rather, if you don't restrict yourself to the bounds of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what you will find yourself restricting is to the agendas of these people who push these music and, the, and, the, and these type of uh, these type of ideologies, right? This fitness in our face and they glorify that thing and that will lead you to your best life. But like you mentioned, burying friends, no one should have to go through that, mm -hmm. especially several times in their life in, in, in ways that they shouldn't have to go through. You know what it, I'm saying? It is an eye opener. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. eye opener. Yeah. It was their time to go. Yeah. But we can control that. That that shouldn't be our only eye opener. Mm -hmm. We're yeah. all going to pass away. And each time death is going to be a reminder. Yeah. If we can control the way we pass away, it, just one whole taking back gang violence from being one of the ways we die. Because mm -hmm. that's something to die from gang violence. You have to be in a gang. Yeah. So if you choose not to be in gangs or and then you you won't ever die from gang, but gang violence, you might die from violence. We can't control that. Okay. Yeah. But you won't die from gang violence. Mm -hmm. If you don't take drugs, you can't die from an overdose, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You're taking no drugs. You've been sober. You're not going to die for overdose. Mm -hmm. So we can't, that's things we can control. Mm -hmm. And our parents, our bigger brothers, our leaders in the society have to not shy away from certain things like that. Today, I heard a man say to me, I was asking, why don't we have Muslim in Somali and African rehabs in our city because mm -hmm. people are dealing with that. That's mm -hmm. a, you know, it's an issue. Shaydan, that Shaydan has an agenda against us to take us down mm -hmm. and to bring as many of us to hell with him. Mm -hmm. So there's people daily who are fighting that fighting those demons every day. Mm -hmm. Not everyone is strong. Sometimes people just need a helping hand. It's yeah. sunnah to help your brothers. Exactly. Let's help each other. Let's shy. I noticed that in our tradition and our cultures, they shy away from things. That's a sensitive topic. Mm -hmm. Why is it sensitive? True. When are you going to wake up when a hundred people die from overdose and say, oh, now we got to get a grip? Mm -hmm. Nice. I'd seen people, a family member of theirs would pass away and they'd say, my son died in his sleep. I know it's embarrassing or something to speak on how he really passed away. Mm -hmm. But if that, if that honesty, if that my son passed away or my daughter passed away from an overdose, if that honesty could save the next 99 youth, Think about it You know what I'm saying I feel like I also like When you speak about that I feel like some Especially when it comes to Muslims and Somali community I feel like we have This negative stigma About mm -hmm. drugs mm -hmm. When we say Like Somalis especially They believe none, No one takes drugs Especially if you're Somali They believe Only thing you probably do Is probably Chew jad Or whatever it is you know, Some small stuff But when it comes to The big stuff Somalis I we don't do that We don't do that That's what they say We don't do that You know what I'm saying I feel like that is, That is the problem That we have That I feel like Somalis need to understand Is The times that we live in Is different than What you lived in mm. You and know what I mean the difference And uh, the difference In culture Between them and their kids They're saying Like you said We don't do that they didn't do that because that's not what they had in their culture You're growing up. Exposed. Now you, you know got to remember saying? your kid is in a non-Muslim country. It may be the UK, maybe America, anywhere that's non-Muslim in 2020, we share a lot of different, a lot of similarities mm. that our parents did not see growing up. Yeah. You have to be able to 
come down to that level of understanding. Like, oh, this is not the 1990s, no more the 1980s. My kid may not be in a war, but he's exposed to gang violence. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, and I feel like somebody's got to understand this, especially with media, like how media, like you can get access to anything just because of media, just like that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Somalis don't, like, they don't see that. I don't, I've actually, like, I've talked to my dad, you know what I'm saying? And my dad told me certain things. He says, you know what I'm saying? You're a grown man. I trust you. Just know what's right and wrong. If you do it, that's up to you and God. I ain't going to judge you. But don't believe that I'm going to be shy of telling what you did. And also, with the parents, two things, never give up first. Yeah. Mm. And they say when a kid... A male or a woman, Muslim male or woman hits puberty. Now they kind of on their own, like when it comes to knowledge and yeah. you're not on their back, like how they were when they're a kid. Exactly. I don't, that stigma should go. Mm. Cause your kid is your kid until he gets married. Mm-hmm. As long as he's under your roof, he, has, you, he, you have that right forever. You have that right over him where he must listen to you. So take advantage of those things. Don't enforce it like an officer and say, like have a punishment for it. Just, now that they're older, it can be a more mutual, respectful thing. Mm. But still, don't just let them. You got to remember, we grew up kind of different. Maybe we we're in the house longer than we didn't have as much freedom or something. Some certain people. Mm-hmm. It's like letting go of a dog who was always on a leash. He just got to run. Mm. Keep that leash a little, but un- unloosen it a little. He no. control, you know, just yeah. always know. Like, hold on to that rope with your children and don't give up because that. And kids with gang violence, they're just trying to, those things, we ask that question, like, where does that, how do they go into that? What leads them that way? You know what it is? I have a, the answer. I heard it from someone else and I loved it. They're just trying to fill a void that they're missing in their mm. life. Mm. If it's drugs, maybe loneliness. And this, they take this drug, they find a group of friends who, who all do it and now they don't feel lonely. Mm. If it's gang violence, his dad is never home. But this big homie is like a father figure to him. Mm. And he was never taught what a good father figure is, but this guy gives him money. He get, you know, he satisfies his needs. Mm. He don't know that's a bad thing to him, but that's where you come in and teach him that. Say, mm-hmm. hey, those guys aren't good for you. They they're not a, a good role models. You know, mm. that void should be filled in the household with Dean, with just educating your kids. They feel lonely. Take them out places. Have fun with your kids because once they get to that certain age, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. And they have a lot of voice. They're trying to, they will find a way to fill it. Let it be with a non-mehram, someone of the opposite gender. Let it be a, a gangbanger who's older than him, a friend of his who does drugs. Something that is out of the ordinary, that is haram, mm. forbidden our religion. They gotcha. will go that way. I'm telling you, I've witnessed it. That's the saddest part. It's this void. The void. And, I, and subhanAllah, what, what's shocking is like everyone tries to fill their void in their own way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We have people, subhanAllah, who are falling into different fitna. Mm-hmm. But it's all, it all comes down to the same root symptom. And it's this disconnection with Allah. Yeah. That void between you and Allah. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that you can and, fill that void with Iman, with, mm, with Quran, Quran. With my, a friend of mine told me yesterday, if, if you know, he was telling another person, if someone is dealing with addiction, who's still staying strong, when it you deal with cravings of things, of something you used to do, you're going to have that craving. When you have that craving, he said, go to Allah. He said, do dikir of the cat. Go down, pray sunnah. Mm. You'll be good. Read some Quran. Fill that void with, it usually, 
you can you can fill that void with so much things. But if we're talking strictly about building your iman and strengthening your iman, mm-hmm. when you have when you have voice to fill, fill it with remembering Allah. If you if you can do that with ease, and you still have other voids you want to fill, that that are that are that sometimes are creeping up in your head to go do something haram to fill that void, you can do something halal to fill that void. Work out, speak mm-hmm. to your Muslim friends, do something. You know, go play basketball. It's halal and haram. The kids need to be taught that. You know, I've seen so many people go left because they never knew how to fill a void. Mm-hmm. And this idea of like, because you mentioned, I don't know if we mentioned it while we were recording, but this idea that everyone has this mindset of, oh my God, everything's so haram, everything's haram. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to go out fishing, right? Mm-hmm. And then people turn on it and like, yo, you guys fish? You know what I'm saying? Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah like, I've like, had this is something, this me. is a halal yeah. avenue. You could do so many things. The, the thing is, people limit themselves. They think, and this is not this is not judgment, but it's like people think that this actions that are, you know, active, right? They just, oh, I'm about to go kick it. And they do X, Y, and Z. They think that is activities yeah. that you, that's, that's the norm. Mm-hmm. Right? But when you do something that's halal, that's subhanAllah incites, you know, uh, the connection and, and, and relaxing and, you know, all that stuff and actually benefits you. Maybe make a meal out of going fishing. Yeah, something that benefits you that's halal that the people don't realize that there's so much halal but when you live in a society that shoves haram in your face it makes it so um like feels like you're so restricted yeah but you're really not it just that's all you you know more haram things going on around you exactly that, mm-hmm. is, that are against your religion that's all it is mm-hmm. there's so much halal to do that's true and then like mm-hmm. with back to what he was saying i feel like when it comes to parents, I feel like fathers have like this one stereotype job thing. I only provide. Mm. Yes. So powerful. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like the only thing that I only provide. There's nothing else that I can do to teach my, that's not. And I feel like that goes with especially Somali fathers. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like from the get go, put food on the table, pay bills. That's about it. Clothes on the back. And that's it. That's it. Keep a roof over your head. You know what I'm saying? But when you hear that, Someone told me these, and when I get older, all I'm going to do is provide. I'm like, what is your meaning of provide? What does provide mean to you? Mm-hmm. All this stuff that we want, we're telling parents to start doing is providing, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's a form of providing. Yeah. You can provide in so much ways. Educating your kids, that's providing. And that's, as they're right over you. Mm-hmm. You know, those are one of their rights. You must teach them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then, and do the opposite of how you were raised. Because imagine if I grew up with not Dean in my household and I learned it on my own one day, imagine if I said, I want my kid to grow up that exact way too. So growing up, I'm not going to teach him nothing. Yeah, because they're not going to end up the same way. You never hear that, you know? You got to teach what is taught. And it's intentional. Like you got to be, you got to be intentional. Uh, Like this word I hear a lot is like intentional practice. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, you you don't just do just to do, but you're intentional. Every action you do, what values do you want to instill? What, you know what I'm saying? And maybe they won't, you know what I'm saying? The things you try to instill in them, they might not take all of it. To be honest with you, that might not happen. Right. But over time, you know, at least you put it, you gave them that you, you said planted it the seed yes it'll be that mm, rope exactly. that saves them later on like exactly. we're yeah like you just said it perfectly and it's and it's up to that person that subhanallah the responsibility of parents and i think the environment that we live in now it is even more critical um but alhamdulillah i have like a question for you like i was just thinking about the whole time like if you were to give advice to the youth you know what mm. i'm saying like knowing whether it's gang violence or drug abuse or whatever it is that they're dealing with, what advice would you give them to help them stir out of it and go into the guidance of Allah? 
Yeah, good. That was a good. That was a good question. And how you said to go into the go back and to to remembering Allah back yeah. in Allah's hands. Yeah, you're running away from Allah so much you don't even notice it. So I'll tell the kids first: be a leader, not a follower. Mm-hmm. First, and know what kind. Look up to the right things because sometimes it's hard. We don't even, sometimes we can lose track of what we really look up to, you know, mm-hmm. your phone, you might see something all day that's catching your attention. That might be something you looked up to. You don't even know, you know something, how to, I'm all these rappers and stuff we follow and think of, so whatever, I don't dress, I don't act like him, but you're watching. Once you look at something so much, you will go into it. Your desires wake up from what your eyes see, right? If I see candy sitting over, my desires of sweet things will wake up. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll tell a kid. Your body and what you, your energy means a lot. What you put yourself around, what mm-hmm. you let yourself see, what you give yourself access to controls the results later on a lot. Mm-hmm. And the way to go back into Allah, back to Allah's hands and back into his guidance and his direction is be around other people who may be already on it. Because mm-hmm. my mom always taught me, you hang around, you hang around the, the perfume, man. You're going to come back smelling like perfume. You hang around the blacksmith, they're gonna smell like something like that got welded. Mm. And that's you, actually yeah. a hadith. Yeah. You will be around who you, you will be who exactly who you hang around. You, like me, I was always saying, I need to start praying more. I need to start doing this. I need to, you know, strengthen my man. I need to go do this and that. Change my ways, better my ways. And hanging around the wrong people. I still, that's that rope is in my head, but what if I died that day? Mm. And I'm still doing, still saying, I need to, I need to do it. But if mm-hmm. I, Passed away, subhanAllah, in front of, while hanging out with good people. And that was in the in my head and my, slowly was becoming the truth, like be, actually happening. I'm praying more. I'm noticing me better myself, you know? Mm-hmm. That's why I would tell the youth, watch who you hang around. Don't be a, uh, don't be a follower. Be a leader. Mm-hmm. And never forget God. And don't fall into, don't try to be like someone who's non-Muslim. Those rappers, because I'm just, I'm speaking to the kids and people my age, like everything we go through, not something another person went through in a whole, like in a whole nother, like our generation, mm-hmm. the main thing is know, know the power of your phone. Your mm-hmm. phone can lead you to hell or it can lead you to heaven. I was speaking with that to one of my friends, close friends the other week. This phone can lead, you can do so much bad on it and you could do so much good. Am I right or wrong? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I'll tell the kids, like know the power of the things you surround, like the things you surround yourself around and the things mm-hmm. you have access to. Those things could direct you from God or, yeah. Mm -hmm. They could lead you closer to God or not or keep you further away. Facts. I agree with that. That's facts right there. Um, Alhamdulillah. I think that was a powerful, powerful episode. And I think that's going to touch a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, So some just takeaways. Uh, I think you guys got it all from the advice. Uh, But just don't despair in the mercy of Allah and keep coming back and and try again when you do fall. Uh, Get right back up. Dust yourself off. Keep going. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in to episode six of Talk Yahak. Salam alaikum. Alaikum salam.